and welcome to episode 18 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. It's never too late to follow your God-given dreams with guest Laura Thomas. I'm your host, author, blogger, and speaker, Dara Swift. Do you have a dream? Have you given up on your dream? Do you think maybe it might be too late? Today's episode is going to inspire and encourage you. Laura Thomas knows all about having a dream and waiting on God's timing. She shares with us how she's living out her fierce calling and her God-given dream. She talks about her move from the UK to Canada, all about Christian fiction that she writes, which is so fascinating. And she has a message, especially for you. It's not by accident that you're listening to this podcast episode. God meant for you to hear it today. So listen in while I have a chat with Laura Thomas. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I have my friend with me, Laura Thomas, and I'm really excited about this. I just connected with Laura not long ago through the Hope Writers Writing Community, and she is a published Christian author who writes romantic suspense, teen fiction, marriage, and children's books. She's a chocoholic mom of three, married to her high school sweetheart, and they're originally from the UK, but they now live in British Columbia and they're audacious empty nesters. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. So glad to have you on today. Thank you so much, Doris. It's an absolute joy to be here. Well, friend, I did tell everybody a little bit about you. So what we would love to hear is a little bit more about your story and what you feel led to share. Where are you taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect? And how did you get to that point? Well, that's a big, big question, um, <laughs> but I will attempt to answer it. You can chunk it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, as you said, I am um, a writer, an author, and that is absolutely my heart. That's what brings me to life, gives me joy, uh, sharing words. But it was a long time coming. So basically, I had a dream to be an author one day, and... Um, I buried it for 25 years, which is quite a, quite a chunk of time. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as a child, I was uh, a huge bookworm, loved reading, just fell in love with the written word. And I just had dreams of being another Beatrix Potter one day. That was Ooh. kind of what I wanted to do. And then I'm honestly not sure what happened. I never told anybody about it. So I can't say that I was slapped down or, or discouraged. I just never told anybody. And so that dream, it just kind of dissipated through my teen years and my 20s and my 30s. And I, I literally didn't mention it to my family, to my parents, to my husband, to my children. It was very, very buried. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I get right. And then it wasn't until I was like in my mid thirties, homeschooling my three kids, busy, busy. And my husband and I went out for coffee one evening, um, having a deep heart to heart conversation. Mm -hmm. And he asked me what my dreams were. And, you know, I sort of said, well, honey, you're my dream. And um, <laughs> we'd, we'd emigrated. I'd had my children. I was homeschooling. I, I'd done them. I checked a lot of my boxes. But he said, oh, you've got to have something 
still another dream like what are you what are you wanting to do and so I said well you know there's that dream of being an author one day and he sort of his mouth dropped and he said a what a what sorry <laughs> because in all our years of marriage I had never breathed a word of this to him so it was kind of a surprise um, but he immediately just said you've got to do this and so I just kind of laughed and said, oh, yeah, I will. Maybe when we're retired, when we have time, I'll maybe start looking at it then. And he said, is this something you seriously want to do? And so I said, well, yeah, it actually is. And so he said, you need to do it now. You need to start now. And if you want to do it badly enough, you will make the time. Because, you know, time's always the excuse, right? Right, definitely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I literally came home from that coffee date and I put in an application to the Institute of Children's Literature and started writing. I started writing. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I left school when I was 16 years old and went into banking. I have no, no experience with writing. So I had to start somewhere. So basically, that's kind of how the dream was kind of birthed. And um, it was slow. It was very slow and moments of huge discouragement. But my husband's always been my greatest cheerleader and he was absolutely right. You will make time. And I know that's something in our hope writers that they talk about all the time writing in the cracks of time that we have. Yes. And that's how most of us do it, at least how most of us start. And so, yeah, as soon as I started writing, I knew deep inside, oh, this was actually what I was made to do. It took me a long time to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and the fact that I can share my faith through words, whether it be in, in fiction books or devotionals or articles, in all these myriad of ways, it just, it's just the best. Aw, <laughs> that is such a precious story. How lovely that your husband asked you what your dream was. That is so amazing. I love that so much. And that he was so supportive. And yeah was persistent with you about, yeah. yeah, we need to make this happen because oftentimes we do need the help of our family, you know, and the support of anyone else involved in our lives because it is time consuming and, is. you know, we do have to sacrifice. But another thing that is so very encouraging to someone listening today is the fact that you didn't start writing just as soon as you felt led to do it, that it was something that came years ago, but it's all God's timing. And yeah. so if people have that thought of, well, it's too late, I can't do that now. Well, it's not too late. <laughs> oh no, I am the poster child of it's never too late. Trust me. <laughs> that is so encouraging. So tell us more about, cause you do fiction and you were mentioning how you are able to share your faith even through that. So how do you weave your faith into a fictional type story? That's a really good question. Um, I, I've always loved reading fiction. Um, that's always been a, a passion of mine for sure. Uh, I've always loved getting lost in a story ever since I was a child, you know, Charlotte's Web or wh whatever it might be. Uh, Little Women was my favorite book growing up, still is, but I love to lose myself in a story. Once we emigrated from the UK to Canada and I was in my uh, mid to late twenties, I discovered the beauty of Christian fiction. <laughs> it was brand new to me. <laughs> so I know. So I devoured my church library when I discovered that not only could I actually read fiction, which I love, but I could come to the end of a book and know that 
God had actually taught me something through that story. Mm. Um, and sometimes I could identify very well with that character, or maybe it would give me compassion for somebody I knew that was going through the same kind of issues. But it was just, it was something fresh for me. And to be able to put those two passions, my faith and my writing together for people who love to read stories, mm. it's, it's just, it's a privilege. Um, I love reading it still <laughs> uh, and to, to be able to write it, to weave words of faith and always, you know, no matter what my stories are, whether there's um, heartache or grief or abandonment or fear, there's always that issue of there's hope in God, there's hope, there's always hope. And I always weave that through uh, and just pray that God will use even my stories uh, to reach reach people's hearts. Beautiful. So what prompted the move? Um, uh, emigrating was a huge step. Mm-hmm. But honestly, um, you know, I always feel very lame when people say, why did you emigrate you know, to Canada all those years ago? Um, and it's, the, the answer is my husband and I had a dream when we were teenagers. We wanted to just go experience life in another country. It's as mm. simple as that, crazy as that, really. <laughs> so we packed up our, our little two-year-old. We had no jobs to come to, but we prayed every step of the way. And God just opened every single door, which could easily have shut in our faces. Uh, mm. So we just kept walking through um, and just knowing that God is always with me. Like where, whichever country I'm in, whatever I'm doing, whatever stage of life, yes. um, through motherhood, I think probably the most traumatic time for me was once we'd been here for a year, I had to go into hospital when I was pregnant with my middle child uh, for six weeks. And it was a long six weeks. I had to be air ambulanced away. I was in a new country and we weren't sure whether the baby would make it, whether I would make it. It was pretty horrific. But I look back on that time and it, it was like I was floating on this cushion of peace because God was with me still. It was just another reminder of, don't worry, I'm here, I've got you, I've got this baby, it's all gonna be okay. And so, yeah, I guess all the, all the milestones that we look back on, he's always been faithful, always, you know? The good times, the bad times, the in-between, every single day, just opening doors even with my writing, um, encouraging me when I've been discouraged in that. Mm-hmm. He's just always, he's always shown himself to be good. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing about that big move that you made because your answer was amazing. You know, adventures <laughs> with God, we're just going to yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah, and actually in, in two, in a couple of weeks here, we will be celebrating our 25th anniversary, which oh. is 25 years ago, we arrived in Canada. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I love how you said floating on a cushion of peace. Honestly, what, yeah. what, that is just so amazing to just think of that. And as you're floating and it's like soft and comfortable and calm and everything. And it so, was lovely. And you know yeah. what, that, funnily enough, just thinking back on that time, that was again, when I was really introduced to more Christian fiction, some, a friend, a, a sister of a friend who I didn't know her from Adam, Mm. arrived in this city where I was and brought me a pile of Christian fiction books because I had to sit there for six weeks. (laughs) 
Oh. And yeah, I got, I got through quite a few of them. <laughs> but again, uh, even I didn't even have, you know, writing was not on my agenda back mm. then. That was mm. years before. But even then, I think God was still, he was stirring my heart toward doing that, you know, yeah. in some way. It's, it's fun to look back and just see his finger in everything, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It is amazing, his faithfulness. And when we look back and we can see how far, you know, we've come and how he's brought us through things. And that encourages us to continue and have that faith that he will he will do it again. And do you have to sometimes explain to people what the purpose is of Christian fiction? Because I know a lot of people aren't into fiction all that much and they think that, isn't that contradicting? <laughs> it's like, it's not true, but it's Christian. You know, what would you say to someone to encourage them to just pick up a Christian fiction book and start reading? Well, you know, story. It's all about story. Like surely we all crave story. Like, don't we love it when we hear about somebody's life, you know, they've been through something either traumatic or fantastic or just fascinating. And we just get glued to that story. We just want to hear more. I think that's real life. But I also think that's in fiction as well. I think as fiction authors, we we try, I mean, we have to make it a little fantastic and a little mm-hmm. over the top. And mm-hmm. a little, I mean, I can remember when I, when I wrote my first fiction book, well, actually it was the short story version of it. I gave it to my my mom and she read it she said oh that's lovely but do you have to have something sad happening in your story and I'm like yes mom you do <laughs> because that's life <laughs> I mean right. nobody would pick up a fiction book that was just about this girl who had a perfect life and yeah. nothing ever happened it was all good boring <laughs> no <laughs> so, so I think as fiction authors we have to dig into real life issues mm. um, and that's the, I mean, to be able to try and connect with my reader is always the goal. And sometimes it's going to be hitting the nail on the head. It's, it's going to be an issue that they, they are dealing with right now. Mm. Um, and so I, I hope to bring encouragement and, and inspiration and hope into that situation. You know what? We, we, who doesn't love to just either sit and watch a movie or read a book or just kind of, I don't like to use the word escape, but yeah. I was going, I was going to say that exact word. I was going to say escape. I know, I know. It's, it is. It's true. To just, I love losing myself in a fiction book. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I'm coming back to reality right away. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sooner than you think, right? Absolutely. And so if we can do that um, as authors, plus just give somebody some meat to chew on mm-hmm. and some some hope at the end of, of that story, I say give it a chance. It's not cheesy. I know some people maybe think that Christian fiction is cheesy mm-hmm. and, and all the rest of it, but you need to try a bunch of genres, even within Christian fiction. Yes. Like you've got your historical, your Amish, you've got your, yeah, I mean, I love writing romantic suspense, you've, mm-hmm. you've got romance, you've got all sorts of YA, oh gosh, there's everything, right? Fantasy. All the things, yeah. All the things. And it's now all available in Christian. <laughs> yes. So you don't have to like, you know, You can give cringe. it to your mom. You can give it to your mom. <laughs> Yay. (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah. I I think that's wonderful. And just like you said, you know, kind of to escape. And when you're writing fiction, I imagine that it is intense because you have to put a lot of creativity and creative energies into it, right? 
Mm, absolutely I get so into my characters mm. I've literally I just finished um the third book in this series which kind of wraps it up and I I am not a crier my husband calls me the wall because I am not a teary person <laughs> but honestly I wrote that last chapter in this last of the series mm. I'm like saying goodbye to my characters and I fall <laughs> I had to pull myself together a little bit and give myself a shake. Yeah, you get, you do. You you invest in these mm. characters. You just so want them to jump off the page and to have uh, meaning. And it is intense. It's really intense writing them. And this last year, I've actually had three published within 12 months, which mm -hmm. is insane. Mm -hmm. So again, kudos to my husband, who is like, when are you coming back? <laughs> right. Where's my wife? Yeah. <laughs> the one I encouraged you to do this. Yeah, to do this. Uh, exactly. He's only got himself to blame, really. <laughs> well, that, congratulations. That is amazing. That is so amazing. And I, I love how you shared the emotion that you felt when you had to say goodbye to a character because that just speaks volumes of the connection emotionally that you have when you're writing the stories that hopefully your readers will feel when they're reading the story yeah. and that these characters have depth. Like yeah. they're not just one-dimensional people they, they like have emotions and they're yeah. deep they are deep i mean for each of my characters um all fiction writers are the same but we look at our character and we do we do a total like for me personally i love to have a pinterest board so that i can actually have a visual and mm -hmm. pick my what my character is going to look like so we we know exactly what their appearance is we know what their habits are yeah. we know what their accent is what ticks them off and what excites them and mm. what their fears are. I mean, it, it, you are creating a person basically. <laughs> yes. That's really cool. And can I confess something? Um, I think I had mentioned to you that I started a Christian fiction book. Oh, I don't know. It was probably 10 years ago and it's still, it's still on my computer somewhere, but I created a Pinterest board and the title is when my novel becomes a movie and I chose the actors and actresses that were going to play their parts. Of course it's locked and so nobody sees it but me. Um, Cause it's like, Oh my goodness. I just would be horrified if someone saw it. That's the beauty of secret boards, right? Exactly. But yeah, but I love that you said you use Pinterest to create Absolutely. the characters. Yeah. And yeah. I just think it's amazing too how some of these books do turn into to movies because yeah. then you see it come to life on the screen but really to lose yourself in a book especially when you know that it has a faith-based theme although sometimes it might not be like an in-your-face thing mm -hmm. um, but it's there and it's how it makes someone feel yeah well you know our time is precious and there's nothing worse than picking up a book thinking it's going to be beneficial and edifying and fun and wonderful and getting to the end and going well, I didn't really get anything out of that. I mean, you don't get that time back, right? Right. <laughs> Which is, so I, I feel that weight of responsibility on my shoulders mm -hmm. as an author. Mm -hmm. You know, I want this time that my reader is going to invest in this book to yeah. be valuable and to be good and, and well spent. Yes. Have you ever written different endings and had different people read them to see what would be more impactful? 
well or no I, I honestly haven't I think just thinking back to all of this is my eighth book mm. um only one non-fiction so the, the the other seven have all been fiction mm-hmm. um I think I always know where I'm going with, yes. with my book right at the outset I know we say there are plotters and pantsers so those who plot <laughs> things out and those who fly by the seat of their pants I am a plotter but I, I leave myself a lot of room in the middle. Mm. So I, I know I do a lot of planning. I know what my character is going to, uh, what her struggles are going to be, what the theme is going to be, where it's going to take her and what the ending will be. Mm. But I'm always surprised how the twists and turns and like a character will come from, where did you come from? I have no idea. Like things will happen that I had not planned for. So I'm very, I plan, but I'm very open Mm. to uh, that story developing in different ways. But I've always got the ending in mind. That's exciting because it's like living. It's like, yeah, you're writing it. And it's like the Holy Spirit is probably just leading you right along. And what someone that's going to read that book needs to hear, or someone that they would be able to connect or associate with or relate to. Mm -hmm. That's precious. Do you have like a certain type of process that you do when you're preparing to begin a new book? Do you do outlines? Do you use Scrivener? Or how do you plot out your books? Yeah, that's another good question. I would say Scrivener is definitely my friend. I love that. And for those who don't know what that is, it's if you are a writer and you have not been introduced to Scrivener, you need to check it out. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, because when I, I'm actually now starting on planning on my next uh, novel. And so I can have all of my information, including images, all sorts of stuff from the internet, all on one page in Scrivener. Um, and then as I write my chapters, I can have little ideas on their cork board that they have which I can switch around as I'm kind of trying to decide the order of events Uh, and then I write the whole thing on Scrivener before I put it over to Word so Scrivener is a great tool Mm. for writers fiction non-fiction bloggers anybody actually I don't use it to its full potential I know that hand Mm. up I know that (laughs) but um, it's great because like I say I'm very visual so to Mm. be able to writing and then have my character's face looking at me and the setting and just whatever else I want there at the same time. It's awesome. That's great. I have Scrivener, but I haven't really learned how to use it yet. So I need to really get on that. Um, but <laughs> in your in your writing, in your books, all the different books that you've had, has there been like a favorite character of yours? <gasps> Oh, no, that's like asking me to pick one. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That is not really fair. (laughs) That is not fair to your characters. It's not fair. Uh, I've got a soft spot for all of them, honestly. Mm, Good Um, answer. Good answer, Laura. I mean, my very first book will always have a a very special place in Mm. my heart, obviously, Mm -hmm. because that was my, oh my goodness, I've actually got a book in the world. (laughs) And people are reading it. Uh, That was was Christian teen fiction. Mm. Um, um, and it's a trilogy and it's called Tears to Dancing mm-hmm. and uh, the character's name is Bethany and oh yeah it was I guess it was my whole launch into becoming an author mm-hmm. um, and to hold that book when I actually found a publisher who loved it as much as I did and then to just hold my that book in my hands for the first time I can't even tell you it was surreal absolutely surreal oh. and so that Bethany was then in the next two books after that as well mm-hmm. uh, with other characters so again after that trilogy I think I had to cry after that one as well oh, because dear. it's just the especially when you do more than one book with a 
character. Yeah. You you invest a lot in them. This latest series with the Christian romantic suspense, mm-hmm. I've loved all three protagonists. They're, mm-hmm. they're three friends and I, I, they're great women. They really are. They're strong and they are fighting their fears and they are looking for freedom and they're all very different. So I've had a lot of fun with them. It's <laughs> really cool. I can't wait to read <laughs> what I'm hearing about. I feel like I know these women like, yeah. you know, they're friends or something. <laughs> So, and they become, I guess, part of your family, really. They kind of have, they kind of have, yeah. (laughs) And I love that you have that trilogy for teen fiction and you do write in teen fiction because, you know, it's really difficult these days, especially for parents, I think, to find quality books for their teens or, you know, approve of certain books for their teens to read. Yeah, that's actually why I actually wrote that first book in the first place. Uh, We're going back a few years, but my daughter was in her teens when I wrote that book and um, she was an avid reader and kind of just ran out of books <laughs> she didn't run out of books but there weren't very many at that time as well in the Christian teen fiction for girls specifically mm-hmm. um, it's really grown beautifully since then I have to say there's definitely a lot more available but at that time that's one of the things that spurred me on to actually have something um, for teen girls and it's been a huge encouragement to me there's nothing better than when a reader will contact you afterwards and just say what a difference that book has made it's so humbling so humbling and it makes all the hard work worthwhile so yeah those those teen books I just tell you one little thing uh quickly like there was the middle book uh tears for a tears of a princess that one I sent to somebody over literally the other side of the world and didn't think anything of it and then she uh emailed me to say uh how much she loved it she read it but she was giving it to a goddaughter who was struggling with she was 12 years old struggling with anorexia and Mm. that is the the gist of that whole book uh the the character struggles with that and she was just so excited that she come across this book she had no idea of the content but it was just perfect for her at that time and oh I was so encouraged by that email that's amazing we all have those moments of why are we doing this you know why am I doing it am I spending my time wisely as God wants me to you know you have that little voice in your ear saying you could be doing something more worthwhile yes surely you know is anybody even reading my books you know yes (laughs) so I every time I go through these little wanderings God just doesn't fail to encourage me with a conversation or an email or or a snippet of something so yeah he's he's really good like that (laughs) that's wonderful I thank you for sharing that too because you know it is such an encouragement and really whether we're writing or whatever we're doing that we feel is something we're called to do and then all of a sudden like you say we start hearing those voices in our head making us second guess you know why are you doing this who are you to be doing this and God didn't really call you to this you know and all of those things and I know the enemy has a hand in that too but I know we do that to ourselves a lot as well so (laughs) I mean that that is really great in a, a beautiful story about how God had you write that book if not for anything else that one girl you know that was supposed to read it yeah and you know so (laughs) I I love that and I am looking forward to hearing about all the different things that God is going to be putting on your heart for different books because you've written some that are nonfiction, right on marriage or I've just written one on non-marriage I actually wrote that when my daughter got married so that's uh almost six years ago actually but yeah um I love I love marriage I've been married for nearly 32 years 
is my husband and I are about to start uh, leading the Alpha Marriage course at our church. I love everything about marriage and I, I'm grateful for it every day and I never take it for granted. <laughs> just add that in there. But yeah, uh, when my daughter got married, I wanted to write her a letter just to encourage her. Mm-hmm. You know, newlyweds, there's so much you want to impart. So I started writing a letter and it turned into 10 chapters. So um, my publisher at the time said, let's publish it because this is from a mother's heart to to her daughter but Mm -hmm. it's it's great for um bridal showers or for anybody who knows somebody who's who's getting married i've actually had people who've been married for like 15 20 years saying i loved it i I wish i'd known this at the beginning (laughs) but it's it's never too late right a marriage is something we work on constantly so yeah that's that's a that's a sweet little deviation of my from my fiction but um i love i love writing i write devotionals i write a lot of devotionals for union gospel press the Mm -hmm. joyful life magazine and i love to blog i've got a real heart for encouraging not just with fiction but just with real life too Mm, yes you're an encourager is would you say that your spiritual gift was you know exhortation encouragement is that where your heart lies i hope so i hope so yes that sounds like it (laughs) that is my goal yeah (laughs) what is the name of the book that you wrote about marriage pearls for the bride i think i saw that on your website it's all on my website or somewhere yeah Yeah, my daughter's getting married in october no yes I need to get that book. Oh, I think so. Well, if you need a signed copy, let me know and I will send you a signed copy. I would love that. I would love that so much. So this has just been such an encouraging chat today. I just really enjoyed it so much and listening to, you know, all your encouragement. If there would be one thing that you would want to share with the listener to encourage them, what would that be today, Laura? Just one thing you could think of. Oh, just one thing. I would say to not give up. Mm. Whatever it is you, you think that maybe God is, is laying on your heart, whether it's um, in ministry or whether it's in relationship, uh, whether it's being the best mom you could be, like there, he calls us to so many different things during our life. And, and those callings change from season to season. But I would say, don't be discouraged. Don't, don't give up. Keep plugging away at it. It's all hard work, right? Yes. <laughs> nothing, nothing worthwhile is ever easy. And if you've got one of those deep-seated dreams like I had, like never say never. Mm. If it's what God has planted within you, then he will bring it to fruition. And it's all about his timing. I'm the most impatient person in the world. <laughs> It's been like pulling teeth with me, but uh, learning to trust God's timing and to be patient and wait on him. Yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Just don't give up. Keep plugging away. Keep dreaming that dream. Beautiful, beautiful, wise words from the Lord. If the listener would like to connect with you, Laura, how can they do that? I would love to connect with anybody. Uh, I'm all over the place on all the social medias, <laughs> like Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Twitter, or Goodreads, BookBub, but it's all on my website. So that's probably the easiest for people to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my website is laurathomasauthor.com. Mm. So that's my name, laurathomasauthor.com. And all my uh, social media links are on there. You can contact me. There's a contact page. And all of my books are on there as well. So I would love you to have a little look, check them out. Um, and if there's anything I can help anybody with, please give me a shout. I'm always available. Great. Yeah. 
great. Wow. I just really had a great time today with you and God just puts people together. It's just so awesome. And you know, we have a lot in common too. I was a banker. I'm I'm an empty nester. And you know, I feel it. (laughs) Yes. I know. Oh golly. I did a talk on that once for Christmas and how strange it is at Christmas when you're an empty nester, but God does new things in our lives. He's doing a new thing. So it's exciting. Well, thank you so much. And I hope to have you on again sometime. This has been really wonderful. I would love to come back. Thank you so much, Doris. It's been a joy. Thank you, friend. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you were encouraged and inspired by Laura's message to follow your dreams and take action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. It's never too late when God is leading you. Seek his face, dive deep into his word, and take heart even on the hard days. Don't give up because God will never give up on you. You can connect with Laura at laurathomasauthor.com. I'd love to stay connected with you too. So subscribe to this podcast and hop on over to my blog and subscribe there. You'll receive my encouraging posts and I'd love to hear from you. Has this podcast inspired you in some way? Have you been encouraged to take some kind of action to walk in your fierce calling God has for you in this season? If you have a dream and you're passionate about it, that may very well be a clue to your fierce calling. God talks a lot about dreams and we don't need to wish upon a star for our dreams because Jesus is our bright morning star. When we follow him, he lights the way. Revelation 22, 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. So we don't need to wish upon a star We just need to call upon the name of Jesus. And when you are a follower of Jesus, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who is your helper. He will be right there to equip you and help you do whatever you're feeling deep in your soul and spirit that you're supposed to do. So don't be afraid, just believe. I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman who will share how she is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.